It is Monday, April 12th here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to the 26th Quick Hit Pod in our Dynasty Prospects Scouting Report series. I'm your host, Matt Schauff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. You can now find tw- uh, 33 rookie scouting profiles on DraftSharks.com. Every single one of those is free to read. They will keep on coming right up until the NFL Draft. You can check out all of these accompanying podcasts by subscribing to the Draft Sharks YouTube channel, as well as any of our podcast feeds. Our focus today is on USC wide receiver Amon Ra St. Brown. Not to be confused with Mumra from Thundercats, though. Jared, give me some background on the Egyptian sun god. <laughs> yeah, the Egyptian sun god, the brother of Equinemia St. Brown, who, of course, is done nearly nothing for the Packers over the past couple of years. Uh, Amon Ra was a big-time prospect coming out of high school, though, a five-star recruit, the number two wide receiver prospect in the 2018 class. That was following a huge uh, senior season in high school, 72 catches, over 1,300 yards, and 20 touchdowns. Really carried that momentum into his freshman season at USC. He led the team with 60 catches. He became just the fourth true freshman at USC to lead the team in catches, joining Mike Williams, Dwayne Jarrett, and Robert Woods. Um, and, and that team had Michael Pittman on it, who you know was a junior at that time, the eventual you know, 34th overall pick of last year's draft of the Colts. So uh, Amon Ra beat Pittman in catches, trailed him by just eight in receiving yards, 750 receiving yards for St. Brown that year, uh, three touchdowns. Uh, he, he counted for 25% of USC's receptions, 25% of the receiving yards, 17% of the receiving touchdowns. So strong marks for a freshman. He kind of tailed off a bit the past two seasons. Though. His raw numbers climbed in 2019 as, as a sophomore, 77 catches, 1,042 receiving yards, six receiving touchdowns, but the market share has dipped. Uh, That was a much stronger USC passing game. St. Brown accounted for 21% of the catches, 24% of the receiving yards, 17% of the receiving touchdowns. You know, Michael Pittman led that team uh, in all categories. You know, he was a senior at that time. But St. Brown also finished with just similar numbers to Tyler Vaughn's, who decided not to declare for the NFL draft after his redshirt junior season this past year. So, you know, not, not a guy... The NFL is evidently too high on. This past year, St. Brown led USC with 41 catches and seven receiving scores in an abbreviated six-game season due to, you know, the COVID stuff. But um, sophomore wide receiver Drake Jordan actually edged St. Brown in yardage. He had 502 yards to St. Brown's 478. And again, St. Brown's market shares were kind of just mediocre. 23% of the catches, 25% of the receiving yards did account for 42% other receiving touchdowns, a career high there. Yeah, I think all that is, again, another one of those um, ways in which the market shares are important because you can look at the numbers and say, oh, he got better as a sophomore, but when you put it in context, didn't actually from the statistical side. I think the life story here is much more interesting (laughs) than the on-field stuff, though. The third of the St. Brown Suns following, as you mentioned, Equinemius, who, of course, is a Green Bay Packer. Osiris was the second one. He was a four-star wide receiver recruit himself. Um, He's heading into his senior year at Stanford, it looks like right now. Their dad, bodybuilder John Brown, a three-time Mr. World, two-time Mr. Universe. So I've been looking into John Brown and the family since, you know, we got down this path and I knew Amon Ra was coming up. 
John Brown picked out his wife, at least in part, because he, he quote, knew she would give me the kids I wanted. <laughs> he added Saint to the last name in the moment of filling out the birth certificate for Equinemius, who was son number one. He told Bleacher Report in 2018, quote, I thought it would look cool on the back of a jersey. Uh, it seems like he would be uh, a, just a fascinating guy to talk to. Amon Ra and the family speak at least German, French, and English. The mom is German, spoke full German to them. They went to school in Europe. I mean, I recommend that anybody who's at all interested just Google for more of the backstory because it's fun to read, though. For now, I'll stop, Jared, and I'll let you tell us what you saw from the sun god on the field. You can keep going because I wasn't that impressed or excited by Amon Ra's tape. You know, so I don't have a whole lot to gush about here. You know, he he, he has good in contested situations. You know, he, he has a nice vertical, which he displayed at his pro day, 38 and a half inch vertical, 84th percentile mark for wide receivers. Has a good feel and timing on jump ball. So he's good there. The, the problem is he has to make a ton of contested catches because he, he, he doesn't create separation. There's not a whole lot of suddenness or burst to his game. So you know, he, he's just, he's always working in traffic. Um, he, he does play more athletically after the catch, I think, than before. He, he's pretty good picking up yak. Um, you know, he, he's a tackle breaker. He has some shiftiness to him after the catch. The other thing I noticed, too, is just, I don't know if I want to say bad hands. I, I wrote lazy hands. He, he drops a lot of easy balls. He had five drops in the five games that I watched. Um, you know, so that's something he's going to have to clean up at the next level. Yeah, I mean, I think he looks solid. There's some nice run after the catch stuff, as you mentioned. Not spectacular from a size, speed, or athleticism standpoint, although I don't think he presents poorly in those areas either. It was kind of tough for me looking around for a comp for Amon Ross St. Brown because, you know, you you find somebody, it's like, yeah, he's kind of like him, but that guy was more of a downfield threat. This guy averaged more yards per catch. I landed on Deshaun Hamilton. I think is kind of like a a comp for expectations here. Just like St. Brown, Hamilton had tremendous volume his freshman year at Penn State. And then he didn't really progress from there. He wound up getting a little bit overshadowed or at least infringed upon by Chris Godwin and then some by Mike Jasicki at the end of his career. Hamilton, a fourth round pick by Denver in 2018. He pops up occasionally when when volume's available, but he's been largely hidden through three years in the league, both by poor quarterback play because he's not going to elevate that and then also by better talent at the position when that became available. And I think that, to me, is what makes uh, Hamilton a, a solid comp for um, what to expect from St. Brown. Yeah, maybe it's because I did their scouting reports back-to-back, but I actually think Tylen Wallace and St. Brown's games are similar. You know, they're similar size. They both play a bit bigger than they are with that contested catchability. And neither guy creates a ton of separation. They're both, you know, Again, they play bigger after the catch, I think, tackle-breaking-wise. Now, Wallace has a more impressive college production profile, so I definitely prefer him you know, heading into the draft here. But I think they're similar in the ways they play. I mean, St. Brown, I'm just I'm worried the contested stuff isn't going to translate to the next level when he's going to be facing bigger, better cornerbacks. And if he didn't create a ton of separation in college, I don't think he's going to do so in the NFL. So, yeah, I'm not super excited about him. Um, also, some medical stuff to keep an eye on with him. Uh, he had a hand injury as a high school senior. He sprained the AC joint in his shoulder in both 2018 and 2020, and he needed sports hernia surgery after the 2019 season. So he's dealt with a bunch of injuries already. Yeah, nothing. none of those individual injuries all that concerning, but we'll see yeah. if it makes him fall draft weekend. You know, ultimately, I think that Amon Ross St. Brown is fine. If he lands in a great spot, 
I could maybe see him climbing into the second half of round three for rookie drafts. I think more likely is more of a round four prospect. And then we'll just kind of see what the landing spot is. It doesn't seem like there's really anybody out there that's excited about him. So I don't think you have to worry about, you know, combating other people's opinion of St. Brown. We're all just kind of waiting to see where he lands and if he's worth really any attention. Yeah, I mean, could could be a fine, like, number three receiver for his NFL team. I, I don't see him being a difference maker in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Head over to DraftSharks.com. Now you can read Jared's full scouting report on Amon Ra St. Brown. While you're there, check out the 32 other prospect scouting reports we've already posted. Check back for more to come right up until the NFL draft. As I mentioned, all of those are free to read. You should lock in your DS Insider access, though. That way you can see where all these guys sit in our Dynasty rankings, where they end up landing in our rookie rankings. You can check out the 2021 redraft projections and MVP draft board. That's all ready to go, ready to help you draft. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. It's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us. 